Welcome back, everybody, to our Let's Talk Green County program presented today by Fouch AgriService in Grand Junction. This is Coltrane Carlson, and we're joined today once again by our Green County School Superintendent, Brett Abbotts, for the second of our two-part series. And so, Mr. Abbotts, since last we talked in January, the legislature for Iowa has moved on a bunch of different education-related bills, one of which being the main component of this year's legislative agenda for the Republican Party, who does control the House, the Senate, as well as the governor's office, and that is the Students First Act proposed by Governor Kim Reynolds, which allows the state-allocated per-pupil funding to follow a student if they so choose to go to private schools. I know we talked about this back in January when they were mulling it over. It's now signed into law, so I just kind of want to know your final thoughts about this bill and what it means potentially for Green County Schools. This is the big unknown is that I, I'm not exactly sure what impact we will see here. However, the impact does concern me in terms of loss of enrollment and and then loss of, you know, just loss of students that we get to educate. That's really what I'm the most worried about. There's some different language that legislators still need to clean up in terms of, you know, does, does the money follow the students? Does open enrollment count, uh, you know, if they're going to move from our school to their school mid-year? And how does all that work? Is there still the waiting period? There's some different language there that still needs to be cleaned up. However, I'm a big, big firm believer that we should have public dollars for public education. And I think this is a bit of a blow to public education across the state of Iowa. Well, and one thing that I've been curious about, too, and is the fact that if you happen to lose more students who want to open enroll, we'll say, to uh, private schools, doesn't that create more of a budget shortfall? And therefore, wouldn't you have to necessarily raise more property taxes to fulfill that gap? Can you explain that, how, if that were to be a, a situation? Raising property taxes wouldn't necessarily generate more dollars for our school to spend. So if we were to lose if we were to lose enrollment for students that are currently attending to, to go to a private school, that would cause us to look inward uh, rather than looking at raising property taxes. What if a kid were to leave the school district in the middle of the year? Do you have an answer on as far as do you get to keep those funds or do you have to relinquish those funds? So right now it's based done on a per diem basis for students and it's it's a bit of an accounting nightmare to put it gently. For example, we had students that attended, they started this beginning of the school year with us they left shortly after count, October 1st. They left in about the middle of October, and then they have since returned. So for the time that they left, we were billed by their other school that they had went to. But now that they're back, they're still ours, so they were ours on count. So we're not necessarily billing that other school. We're just, we will start receiving that state funding again for them. Well, as that hopefully gets cleared up before the beginning of the next school year, another thing that the legislature did pass and Governor Reynolds really recently signed into law is the state supplemental aid rate for next year at 3%. Last time we spoke back in January, you had previously said, you know, something's better than nothing. Well, now they're up to 3%. Can you kind of break that down for us? How much would that mean for Greene County? And what would that, what would you be able to essentially do with those additional funds? Yep, so right now that 3% for us is going to represent about $200,000 in, in new money. So initially the usual proposal that we get is 2.5%. And for us basically half a percent this year would have would have equated out to about $30,000 or $35,000. So so that additional funding, I, I look at that as that's an opportunity for, for another teacher. We're in a position right now where we're we're not necessarily looking at adding staff, so but we're definitely not looking at reducing staff either. So, mm. so the new money is definitely helpful. We did have 
down in enrollment by, by two students uh, just in our certified enrollment. However, we're serving more students, but it's because of certain weightings, our actual certified number dropped by just a touch. So that extra half a percent does help. One of the things, though, if you follow the money is that 3% is in direct alignment with what the state is going to allocate for year one of their educational savings account. It is almost identical. And then uh, speaking with Senator Green, he had said that there would be more flexibility included in one of those bills that will allow for more categorical funding. And he sort of phrased it as, you know, some different silos that school districts would be allowed to use for, for teacher salary increases, we'll say. School districts that don't utilize the teacher leadership uh, a program or anything like that. What are your thoughts about being more allowed to use different funds that you weren't previously allowed to use to be able to kind of maybe offset some of those uh, those expenses? It is not a thing that I would suggest most or any really superintendents or districts do. Hmm. And for the simple reason of we have a TLC program, it's utilized very well. And so those funds that we get are allocated for TLC. We actually even we overspend and have to dip into the general fund just a little bit for TLC. So the other two categorical funds that he's talking about are your PD funds and your TAG funds. And so we've always been allowed to flex those out and use those as we need it. So that's not new. Really what it is is that if we spend those to zero, they don't replenish as quickly. So for us to, to use that, it would that's it's just not a it's not a smart move for for school districts to to use that or just rely on that. It, it might be a, a one time thing, but then as soon as you make you know for example like we have a salary schedule, so if we use those funds to provide a, an increase in teacher salary, well, in a year or two we're going to have to figure out how are we going to utilize our general fund to maintain that because we can't start taking money away from teachers, and we certainly wouldn't do that. So it's not something we're going to do. And then kind of the last thing here, the legislature is uh, mulling over in both the House and the Senate, i.e. they're kind of separate bills, and uh, both of them are actually considering banning curriculum that includes gender identification and sexual orientation curriculum in primarily the the elementary school and one goes as far as the middle school level as well. My question to you is, is there anything that's happening right now in Green County School District that would be potentially impacted by these bills if they were to go through? No, there would be no impact on us. That's not education or curriculum that we use or have ever used nor intend to use. So largely this bill essentially doesn't apply to us. I think the main focus of it is to look at the training and education of teachers and and how that's being then passed down to students and i mean that's not training or education that we provide to our teachers on things like that you know do we talk about equity and diversity yeah we do but we talk about equity in terms of how are we meeting the needs of all kids regardless of how they might identify or what color they are or where they come from or what their in salary their household income is or things like that mm. i mean so we, we talk about that and we talk about diversity in terms of you know all kids need something different all kids are different and that's okay that 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 is the extent of our of our conversations around that and that's the Green County School Superintendent Brett Abbas joining us for the second of our two-part series. You're listening to Let's Talk Green County, presented today by Fouch Agri-Service in downtown Grand Junction, your channel Seedsman. We'll be right back with more here on the Raccoon Valley Radio Network.